Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I am here with Peter Heffering, and Peter is the uh, owns Kaizen Autosport. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so, and uh, you were at uh, the VIR, aren't you? Yeah, Virginia International Raceway. Yep. Awesome. Um, I, I wanted to. Yeah, I know you were in your facility right now, so maybe you can uh, give us a, just a quick tour of uh, uh, what the inside of it looks like with uh, with your camera. Oh yeah, sure. We actually have three shops. This is more the hospitality shop. So you can see here we've got a few of uh, we've got like RDR8, a Porsche Club Sport, some more Porsches there. Uh, because we're a car rental business, we have to have helmets for people. So we have loads of helmets, shoes, yep. gloves, driving suits, driver's lounges upstairs here. Um, we have course maps, of course, we put up with the tracks. And, uh, and then I have my office over here. We have two other shops. One is more much larger, um, and it's got the car lifts in it and jacks and everything where we store about 20 cars. And that's where the mechanics, they work, and they're doing the prepping. Then we have a third shop, which is just only on our Radical. So the, that's a unique prototype car, uh, and it has its own shop and own tools to, to work on Radicals. And are those so? Uh, so, are, uh, so is it um, is it a mixture of cars for like track days and and learning and races? Yeah, that's exactly the unique thing. So, Carrie, when I started this, it was actually called Formula Experiences. It wasn't called Kaizen Autosport. And Formula Experiences was just our radicals, and it was literally to give brand new people. And experience. These could just be like a bucket list. Frankly, that's what most of them were. Graduation gift, a birthday gift, anniversary gift, whatever. We had some corporate events come in where people have never been on track just to have fun. So we did that from 18 and 19. But what occurred in the business toward the middle of 19 was, you know, I thought most people would do a one-time experience. And that was the case. It is most. But 30%, which is a much larger number than I ever anticipated. So well, what else can I do? So, well, I don't have anything else. So let's create something new. So that's when we morphed the business from formula experience to Kaizen Autosport. And uh, I started to buy the GT cars, mainly street cars that I converted to track cars. So that would be the Camaros, uh, some BMW M2s and a Porsche Cayman a couple other cars along the way as well. And so that allowed somebody with no track experience to come in and have a coach because there are two seats and everything and help them get started. That's 2020, 21. Even in COVID, we had the car rental business was fantastic. I mean, people want to get out of their house, of course. A racetrack's relatively COVID free. So the business expanded dramatically in that time period. Now these people had 10, 20 days in a track car, and then now a smaller population from them said, I want to race. 
it's like a, you know you take a you know, funnel of people and it narrows down so we still have the new people coming in who are novices we still have the corporate events um we have 25 cars we can rent now we can rent you from a, a race car that's very like these cars here this is uh, a car you would you, you could you could come and get and drive these are quite expensive to go racing with or sorry just do an hpd with um but they're also race cars so those are for a small group of people the majority will rent our normal bmw camaros and caymans which are great to get started with and then Generally, when you move to the racing side, the customer will usually buy their own. We'll help them buy the car, and then we'll store it and prep it and maintain it and help them all the way through. So it's kind of evolved into a holistic business based at VIR, but we're also seeing growth. We're going to be traveling some as well now. So that's kind of an overview of that. So on the racing side, I mean, and maybe you just answered this, but just to be clear, um, on the racing side, it's really for racing at VIR at the moment, but then soon you're going to add transport in and you're going to be transporting your racetracks all over. Yeah. Like we're going to Indy, we're going to Indianapolis on the road course in three weeks. We're taking four cars there. It's all racing. So we did road Atlanta, uh, with four, five cars, uh, back in March this year. So really just 2023 is the advent of racing outside of VIR and also doing track days outside of VIR. So some of the folks later in the year will go with us on trips, not to race. They just want to take their car or take one of our cars to a track day at somewhere else. So that is the probably the new evolution of 23 is expanding beyond VIR itself with some haulers and some trucks to do that. Yeah. Got it. So now on the on the racing side of things, uh, well, let me let me step backwards. Uh, a car that's not race ready is essentially it's been prepped some just for track days. What what has to be done to a car that you own so that it's it's tra- safe for the track days? Yeah. Well, this is something obviously we're very sticklers on getting this right with anybody, even customers who just want to come and have us coach them with their own car. I said, hold on, before you do that, you need to track prep your car. It's not that hard. Um, You can put more money into it as you want, but generally it's an alignment, number one, which changes the camber and the toe, mainly the cambers, to make them much steeper, right? So you get better grip. Um, Cars off the street are designed to understeer. We want to remove some of the understeer a little bit so you can get better grip. Um, the brakes are number one with a fluid change and really an inspection of if it's someone else's car, what the brake pads are like and the rotors. If they truly want to make it a track car like we do, we automatically convert the brake pads immediately to a, a more aggressive pad. And then we usually have to also change out rotors because the rotors don't withstand the heat of a race pad. So usually the rotors and the pads get changed out. Um, and then uh, that's pretty much it to get track ready. But once you're putting a streetcar on track after a few thousand miles, which doesn't sound like a lot, but on the track, it's a lot. We'll change the oil again. And the viscosity of the oil is different than a street oil. So we'll start doing those things. We'll, um, 
most likely um, change control arms out and all that doesn't last. Again, a streetcar is not designed for this, right? So we're always looking at those things on the streetcars. But m most people can safely bring out a streetcar with the brakes, nut and bolting, um, get the alignment done, and it's pretty good. But so we um, we treat our streetcars just like our race cars. Every two days on track, they are prepped for four or five hours, gone through completely because the stresses are just so much higher and you have to do that every time. Yeah, I, I remember really the first time me getting on a track was there was really only two and a half years ago. And just I took my own car. It was a Mustang, uh, Mustang GT. And <laughs> what you put your car through on a track is like 10 times what you would ever do on a street. It's just people exactly. don't know until they get out there and do it. Yeah. yeah. No, they don't know. Um, and they're... I ended up putting... Um, no, I was going to say, we had a customer this Saturday and Sunday who came out in a car and he got home and called us yesterday and said, oh, boy, it's running. The brakes are terrible, right? He'd warped his rotors. And we we told him it's probably going to happen. We put aggressive pads on because his, his street pads wore out in two hours, two hours. A brand new car. The car was 3,000 miles. Pads were gone. I said, okay, we'll get your pads overnight. We got them pads, which are race pads. And then they warped the rotors on the third day. So now he has to go in the shop and get his rotors done. I mean, it, people just, they don't understand that stress level. Uh, and this was a competition model of a famous brand that was, you know, would be touted as being a great track car, but it's not. It's a great street car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, when you're transitioning a car from track car to race car, um, you'll add roll cage. What other things you, you probably strip everything out of it? What else, what else do you do to really get that car ready for racing? Uh, that's a very good question, Kerry. So we don't want to do that. We buy a factory car prepped from the factory as a race car. So we don't convert track cars to a race car. We don't feel that's a whole different skill and group of people that can do that. Um, a lot of people are successful at doing that. It's a hobby type for some people. But like this car behind me is a Porsche, but it's a factory built Porsche, right? They, if you look at it, it's kind of funny. They keep the Porsche dash the same as it came in. But at the factory at Porsche, they're the ones stripping it. They're putting in the cage. It's got VIN numbers on it. It's a factory Porsche. They put all the different sensors, the wing. It's called the GT4 Club Sport. That's an example of what we, the cars we would buy. And we don't want to take a street car and make it into a race car. There's a lot that goes into that. The, the fuel cell has to be changed out. That's a lot of work. You you had you had mentioned a roll cage. That's a whole nother thing. It's a lot of stuff. So we don't we can't do everything right. So we just say uh, you need to you get get your own get your own race car. Um, and we if we take any of our own, we want to get a factory car. You know, because then we know it's been done exactly to the factory specs. Too many hobbyists are converting and you don't really know 
how well it is. So I don't know what's been done to it. It's hard to judge that. Buying a used race car that's not a factory car is a dangerous line, right? It's a minefield. You're not sure what you're going to get, right? It's very hard to judge. Is it up to spec? Will it pass NASA, SCCA rules? A lot, a lot happens with that. So we, don't, we just stay away from that. You know, the, uh, you mentioned the different tracks you were going to for racing. Um, which organization is it? Is it NASA and SCCA or anything else? Yeah, no, we will. Uh, for most of the travel, it's actually SVRA. SVRA sounds like it's only vintage, but the SVRA organization has evolved massively in uh, the last 10 years and the last five years, especially. So SVRA has a vintage group, but they take all the modern cars, our Genetas, which are new, which are race cars or 2021. And they race right in the group. The IGT is a race series supported with SVRA. They're typically there. Trans Am is there now. So there's a lot. When you go to an SVRA weekend, there are many options you can participate in. And they go to all the iconic racetracks. So you can pick and choose what you like. Um, It's a lot of fun. And NASA locally at VIR is who we would use all the time. Yeah, they're great to work with here. SCCA, we don't work with as closely. Um, they don't, it's just easier to work with SVRA in their schedule and their calendar. We can just lock in with them. SCCA, you know, you know, it's all regionalized, right? And they have major races and minor races and regional and all that stuff. So we um, haven't really done a lot with them. Um one thing we like about NASA in particular over all the associations is they have an HPDE component. And again, remember we're, 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 we're catering not to the pro driver. We're catering to the amateur who's doing some track days. They're doing well. They decide to dip their toe into racing. So this weekend we just had at VAR under NASA and um, you could literally do some open testing HPDE, and you can also race and time trial all in the same time. So you get a lot more track time. So we had several drivers who did the track day stuff, HPDE, and then also racing. Most associations, SCCA and SVRA and IGT, it's only racing. You might get a few practices and a qualifying, but you don't really just get HPDE. So the NASA for our particular drivers who are not yet always that experienced, it gives them a lot more track time just to learn, and then they can go racing as well. SVRA again isn't doing HPDE at all, so but they have these great iconic tracks and are easy to work with one group, and they'll take any car. They literally will take anything, so um, which is fun. They can they have a group or a class to fit almost everything, so it makes it easy to deal with them. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. 
So <clears throat> tell me a little bit about your personal experience. I'm, I'm assuming that you've, you've raced um, and you've been in motorsports for a long time. Where, where did all this start for you? Yeah, well, um, I really only got into racing in 2010. Obviously, when I was younger, younger. I did a few track days here and there, um, but nothing to get into that much into it. So then when I, uh, about 2010, I'd been coming to VAR more as a spectator, I guess. And then I saw the Ariel Atom. I'm not sure if you've heard of that car, Carrie. It's a unique animal out of Europe, England. It's an English car. It's a um, pretty quick car. It looks a bit like a doom buggy it's not but it um has a bit of a odd look like that with a roll cage it's a six-speed transmission etc um so we bought a couple of those for my son and i and they were very hard cars to drive they have, don't have any aero the tire grip isn't great so they're good you're going to learn how to drive in those so we got started and, and they and the guy who was running it had started a local racing series at vir he would do 12 races per year, so it wasn't that much time because I still had some companies I was busy with. Um, great way to start. And then we got into the Radicals, which are much faster, the prototype cars in 2014, yeah, and 15, I guess. And um, those are around, those were fun because they're all over America. So we raced the, the Radical Cup, which took us to great tracks everywhere. And um, my son got a car. I got a car. The same thing. I did that from 15 to eight to 17 or 18, I guess. And then 18 is when I finally had sold the companies I was with and um, stopped actually doing racing to start. What is the company we have now today? And then I got back into racing last year, saying, "Look, I started this company to do this, and I'm not racing anymore. So I want to go back racing. So now I've got the time to go back into racing and also run the company. So that's been a lot of fun. Awesome. What are you racing? Uh, it's not in the garage right now. It's a, a Janetta. So the so Janetta is an old brand from 1956. Really old classic cars." company was struggling in the 90s an entrepreneur in england it's based in england bought the company 2006 greatly expanded it into gt cars and lmp cars all that cool stuff and um they came out with the gt4 to compete with the porsches and the bmws in 2015-16 and then they came out with a junior version i'll, I'll call it of the gt4 which is what we run, the Janetta G56 GTA. And that is just a smaller engine, uh, more cost-effective car. And um, they came out with those in 2021. So I became an agent of the English company and resold several of these in the U.S. And I built a racing series around that. So I'm racing the Janetta. Um, we got a great group of guys. Um, there's a... I've sold 12 here at VAR. There's probably 20 at Spring Mountain, you know, out in Las Vegas. Uh, another 20 scattered around the United States. So probably 50 cars now. And the race series, we're going to keep trying to expand that and grow that. So I think we got a good base to go from. But they're 
what I like and I've always liked when I did the Adamario, when I did the Radical, when I did this, they're a spec. Nobody can beat you on spending money. Like they are identical cars. All these series were the same. Everyone, it was all on your driver skill and that's it. You could set the cars up a little bit. Yeah, there was definitely the crew were very important, but you can't actually outspend somebody to <laughs> to win the race. So same thing in the Janetta. It's a spec series. Same. Everyone runs exactly the same thing. So those have been fun cars. And I actually call them a Radical and a GT body. They're a two-frame car. They're lightweight. They're only 2,400 pounds, super light. Um, and so they drive like a Radical to some degree uh, based on the design they've got. So they're a lot of fun to drive. They're also unique, and I only like to drive cars that don't have any controls. There's no ABS. There's no trash control. There's no anything. So you have to drive the car. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's not as easy if you're new, but um, we've got a lot of drivers who have a lot of experience, so they just jump right in, and it takes them maybe five days, and they're up to speed, having a great time in the car. Awesome. So you know, with, with that many cars that you've sold in the U.S. and a few tracks, how how many races are in this series that you've kind of created? In the Geneta Challenge, we'll do 12. Usually you do two, you know, on a weekend. So you do six weekends, give or take. And they're not always weekends. They might be on weekdays. Depends on who we are scheduling with. But yeah, about 12 races, which is pretty normal. That's about a good full year, you know, series. And then the SVRA race on yep. the road, we're not racing in the Genetic Challenge that I created. That's in SVRA. We're part of Group 12. So we can win trophies and points in SVRA. It's a separate group. It's called Group 12, So, uh, which is also kind of fun to do. Got it. Um, so um, how, I'm, I'm just curious. These Genetas that kind of have a radical inside of a Janetta, this, 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 uh, this, this car that you're selling, how, how much are the cars? Like you said, most people, it's a spec series, so you can't outspend somebody else, but right. for people that are listening that might be interested in this, how much are they? Yeah, they're, um, a good value. They're nothing is cheap in motorsports, but they're, um, right on about $125,000. And you're getting a pure you know, race car through and through. Just to compare that to their GT4 model. And GT4 is, a hum, is the same standard for all the manufacturer brands. So whether you're Porsche, BMW, Audi, Camaro, or the Genetas, a GT4 is about 225000 So we're about 100000 less than that. And it's the chassis of their GT4 model with a smaller engine and different gearbox and you know, those sorts of things. So you're getting a heck of a car for, for that price. Um, a Radical, for instance, the lower model of the SR3 is 125000 So they're right on the entry point of a lot of these places. Um, and that's it. You don't have to spend much yeah. more than that. You spend the money and you have the car and you're all set to go racing. You're done. At, at this time, is the radical racing more widespread and higher numbers of people than the, the Janetta one that you're in, or are they kind of growing at the same speed now? Yeah, no, the radical cups have been around for, must be 2012, maybe even longer. Yeah, it's been around a long time. No, it's, 
a national, a national, you know, group and series. We haven't. The Janetta is basically here at VIR for the challenge race series we've got. That is our goal in twenty four or twenty five. We'll have to see what year we can make it work. Is to have a national series like the Radical does, the, that those guys can get thirty to forty cars on a weekend. I think we can get the same once we get it a little more built with a national schedule. Um, so that's kind of the aim in the next two years is to work on trying to ex- to expand that schedule. Got it. So obviously you're, you're, you're fond of VIR with that being where you're located and everything It's your home track. But um, of all the places you've been, do you have a favorite track? I mean, VIR is definitely my favorite. It's got the most challenging, uh, even though I've driven thousands and thousands of miles. Um, I love it. If I didn't pick a track that was VIR, probably the Canadian um, track in Toronto. Uh, you know, um, they've changed the name under, you know, most sport. I think they've changed it to Canadian tire something, something, but it's right there outside Toronto and most sport. When we were racing, it was called most sport. It is a, it's a, it's a fun track. And especially in the radicals, it's got a lot of action to the track. Um, I would say that would probably be my second favorite track for sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and what about like memorable wins for you? And maybe not a win, just a memorable race like that you'll never forget. Anything come to mind? Oh, for you? Uh, well, yeah, it's memorable for probably not the best of reason. But I was in my SR8, which is the faster radical, very, very quick car at um, back in Austin at Coda. And it was the Radical Cup 2017. And I was leading the race in this one and my brake, my left brake failed and the ceramic carbon ceramic brake pad just exploded. So I had a brake on the right, the brakes in the rear. That was all I had. And I was coming down to turn 12, which is the one that cuts like this. And um, it just did a 360, like twice, maybe a 720, I guess stopped luckily code has lots of runoff uh and i just got back going i said how long till the end of the race i said two laps i can make it so i just flew around had to break a little more gingerly and then code counter steer because i only had to break on the right not the left it was gone and i actually got the race done <laughs> i finished the race so that was kind of fun but uh that was a little crazy that race. is awesome uh, yeah that was a little crazy race um yeah, and then the yeah. other one that's really memorable, which was very unique for us, we got invited down again in the SR8, uh, 2008 and 19. Yeah, maybe 19 or 20. We went down to El Salvador, and they had the Central America Grand Prix. They brought in a lot of cool cars from all over America and Central America to put on a show. They hadn't been at this track in years. They had a spectator of 10,000 people. And um, we got to race there on a, I would say, a little dangerous track. I mean, you could hit pretty much anything if you, if you went off track. But the track was super cool, and the people were so friendly. 
and um, that was a great time. We didn't win. There was some crazy horsepower cars there, but we had a, a, a great time. A great time. That that's awesome. Well, I want to make sure we tell everybody who's listening how they can get a hold of you. So what is the best way for them to reach out to learn more about what you guys do? Yeah, it's just, I think, a website, just just uh, www.kaizenautosport.com. It's a weird way you spell it. It's K-A-I-Z-E-N, and autosport. Um, on there, you can give us a call. You can text us. You can email us. Um, that's the simplest way to go. And on the website, we, you know, like you can imagine everyone today, you, you pretty much put everything on the website. You're going to learn more about whether you want to do a corporate experience or individual track rental or individual experience, you want to go get coaching, racing. It's, it's all on there. We, we have our race schools on there to join up. So, um, usually people could go there and then they email us and then we pick up the phone and it's a personal business very much one-on-one so people usually don't just go on we don't want you to go and buy online we want you to go and look online and then give us a call and everyone's got their individual budget levels what what they're trying to do if they're new or novice or whatever so we work with each person one-on-one to see where they like to go with it and then uh, that's that's how you can, you can get a hold of us that's perfect um so are you going to, I'm just curious, are you going to be at VIR for the SRO race coming up there in about a month? Uh, that is on the 15th, 16th, 17th, I think. We're at Indianapolis. I think, um, I think we're at Indy. I have to look weekend. at the calendar. I think we're at Indy. I'm pretty sure we're gone are from you? the okay. 14th to the 20th at Indy. I'm pretty sure that's the same weekend as SRO. So probably not if they overlap. If they don't overlap, yes, we'll, we'll be there. Just as a, not with a car or anything, right. just, just to kind of spectate. Got it. Well, if I don't see you then, if there's a conflict, I, I do have plans to get the VIR at least one other time this year. Okay, so I'm looking forward Good. to yeah, crossing okay. paths and shaking your hand. It's been a All pleasure right. chatting with you. Yeah, I enjoyed it also. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like, but I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag.